Hey there, it's me, Denise Lee, and welcome to the Introverted Entrepreneur Podcast, where we help improve your mindset and your money. And in today's episode, this is really a fun one for me. We're going to be talking about boosting engagement on a company. Yes, company profile. This is a little bit different from your personal profile. And I want to talk with you about some really fun ways of how to do it. You're going to get all these tips coming to you after this short break. Hey there, and we're back. But before we dive into today's content, I would just like to send a special thank you for those of you who have been listening for the very first time. Thank you very much. I know that there's a lot of places that you can be, but you're choosing to be here. So thank you for that. And a special thank you, bigger thank you for those of you who have been listening for more than one episode. I really appreciate your continued support. And as always, if there's something that you would like me to talk about, I would love to talk about with you. This actually was a request from Mark and San Diego. Hey, Mark and San Diego, if you're listening to this episode, this one is for you. This is all about creating offers because I, I'm i really excited about this because for the longest time I struggled because like... I, I'm a coach. Like, what what do I do beyond just one on one offers? And there's actually a lot that you can do as a coach in terms of offers. And heads up for those of you guys who are also consultants or other types of service providers, there's definitely uh, some ideas that can be birthed from what I have to share with you. So this is definitely a pen and paper episode, so that you know if. You don't have the access to the pen and paper. Make sure that you know you hit the pause button or you revisit it at a later time where you can just write down some notes. Because I know I'm going to go really fast on this because I'm very excited about this topic. But like, let's just talk about just the generalities of offers because for me, like that was definitely something like that was a mystery for me because I, you know, for a lot of us who are in, you know, we get into the service based industry, we just think, okay, we're just exchanging our time for dollars, right? And you know, in the beginning of our business, when we're just hungry for clients, we're just hungry for just any type of sale. Like we can't think beyond that. We're just only thinking uh, as long as somebody would be interested in us, that's all that really matters. And, you know, we send them our PayPal invoice for four hours or six hours or whatever amount of time we agree to. But I want to let you know that there is a smarter and better way. And it's creating offer. So when I say offer, I'm specifically talking about a very specific package, tailored uh, product or in or service that is geared to meeting a need or uh, or some type of deficiency that's in the uh, that's in the the marketplace. Like for example, if you're a life coach, right? And you are trying to figure out how to scale away from one to one, one to one hours. You can create an offer that revolves around how to live your best life, a four hour series or a mini course or whatever it is that gives people the tools so they can live their best life. What I'm trying to say is like basically an offer something that can help someone solve a very specific problem a very specific issue that they're dealing with in a very bite-sized way. So how do we do this? How do we kind of work now that we understand like what an offer is, like let's work our way back and think about how to devise one. 
Because I know this can be really daunting, especially for those of you who are new to the entrepreneurial service space industry world. Like, how do we do this? Well, it always starts. It always starts by number one, you analyzing yourself, you analyzing like your strong points, your the, your three things that you really know your stuff, the three things that you really know that you can help uh, someone. I always tell people like my strengths, my strong points are always about helping people improve their confidence, giving people, you know, some structure. And then lastly, giving people like the, the, the permission to just be themselves in a real and authentic way. So it's just a, it's a, it's a combination of strategy and mindset. Those are the things that I really, I shine on. And everything that I create, everything that I make revolves around that. I'm not going to sit here and talk to you about how to make an email marketing sequence or a drip sequence because that's just not my thing. It doesn't excite me. It doesn't light me up. It's not something that I can talk about for days. Yeah, I can make an email sequence. Yeah, I could talk to you about like write, writing how to do certain things, but that's just not my cup of tea necessarily. I just do it because it's just a function of of how to help people run a business, but that's not like the essence of who I am and what I want I want to do. So you have to think about yourself as like, okay, what is something that I really, like, I love so passionately. I could just talk about it for days. I could talk about it, like, without ceasing. Like, what is something that really matters most to 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 you, but, like, something that is just something that you don't even think about, um, like, where, where you have to, like, think too deeply about it. Like, here's another idea. You're basically trying to sell services that you wouldn't wouldn't mind doing it for free because you enjoy it so much. Like as I'm recording this episode, I'm actually so delighted to just say these thoughts and just share my ideas because I truly do like helping people create offers. I truly do like helping people kind of figure out what they want to do because they don't spin wheels because it just helps me. Make, makes me obviously better at what I do, but more importantly, if I can get someone out of their own rabbit hole, their own trap, like it, it brings me joy. So <laughs> I hope I'm not like just um, beating this dead horse on this, but just just identify the three things within your career, within your profession, within your belly bailiwick or however it's called, and just and identify maybe topics or ideas that really light you up. Maybe you love talking about how to um, optimize a website or how to do basic SEO, or perhaps you love talk about like how to style your uh, uh, outfit, or perhaps you love to talk about like um, qualities to look for in a virtual assistant, like something that you know that you have a really broad like range of information and subject matter expertise and then you wouldn't mind sharing over and over again all right i think we've talked about that endlessly now let's move on and pivot to the second most important part is that you could be super excited about a particular subject or ideas or whatever right but without any real feedback with the audience then it could be dead in the water. And let me explain by that. Because I this is definitely something that I fell in the same trap and I don't want you to fall in the same trap where you're so excited about a particular product or a particular service that you want to offer because you're really good at it you and you know it's going to be really helpful. 
but the community that you're speaking with says, I like, let's talk about weight loss. Okay. Let's, let's, let's narrow it down and talk about weight loss. So let's say you're a weight loss coach, right? And you want to come up with a 90 day, um, belly slim down weight loss program, right? And you're so super excited about it, right? And then you, you release it out to the world and say, announcing, I've got a 90-day weight loss program. Come all, come all. You know, come one, come all. Like, I got this for you. And then your audience was like, I never even asked for 90 days. 90 days is too long. I mean, I can barely commit to a week, let alone 90 days, right? And so it's like you have to go back to the drawing board and ask yourself like, okay, it seemed great in your mind that you were going to come up with this 90-day program, but your audience is not feeling it. So basically... There is something totally wrong here because you have to make sure that before you even create anything and spend time working on it, you have to assess like what is the current demand of the audience, right? Perhaps they want 90 days, but they want 90 days of belly dancing. Perhaps they don't, maybe they want belly dancing, but they want it for 60 days. Like, I I don't know. Like, you have to sit there and examine exactly what the audience is, is wanting and requesting. And the simplest and the easiest way, quite frankly, is to literally directly ask them. And when I say ask them, I'm not saying just hop in some random Facebook group and just say, hey, would you be interested in a 90 day belly dancing program? Like, that's, that's going to be a total waste of, of time and money, right? Especially if you're, you know, trying to compensate people for um, filling out your survey or whatever. I'm talking about go into areas where your target audiences, like the people you would love to work with in any capacity as a customer or a client or whatever, and literally ask those people. Because what I find, and this this happens a lot in the beginning of businesses when we're when we're trying to figure things out, where we're asking our peers or we're asking literally strangers that are most likely not even going to be our customers, hey, what do you think about this program that I have to offer or this service or whatever, right? And the They'll give you support because they're trying to be nice, or they'll give you support because they got nothing better to do. But you know, getting advice from the people who aren't even going to be your customer is going to be a complete waste of effort. So, for example, let's go back to you know, you are a um, weight loss instructor and you want to do a belly dance, right? I'm not going to go to a a gym filled with people who only like lift weights and say, "Hey, would you like to be you know my." my belly dancing program, of course, you're going to get a different reception if, unless you go to a belly dancing studio with active students of belly dancing and say, hey, I'm creating this new 90-day program specific for women who like belly dancing. Let me know your thoughts about blah, blah, blah. So you, you see how the energy is, a, is completely different from just asking random people who are not necessarily like not necessarily out of your target customer because yeah I mentioned going to the gym and asking people who will lift weights yeah they're interested in fitness per se and lifting weights and working out but they're not necessarily going to be someone who will actually be interested in belly dancing so if you can get as really close and specific to the people who are most likely to purchase and ask them their opinion and ask their ideas about this, right? Then I definitely feel like it. it is definitely worth your time to ask those people than, you know, asking just random strangers. And I know that it may feel like uncomfortable at first, you know, to ask strangers because, I mean, 
strangers aren't necessarily the, the nicest, especially on social media, right? But there's definitely a lot of different ways to do it. You, for example, you can literally offer someone like 10% off the next order or, you know, offer them like to enter into a, a raffle and win, you know, um, your a free class or whatever like that. There's definitely a lot of little ways that you can sweeten the pot and get people to fill out the surveys. And not all the people, actually, I shouldn't say not all of them. Not all of them, but a lot of them, you know, they may not even be customers. They're just kind of just bored and want to fill out the survey. So I just want to help you sober your mind on the reality that not everybody who has an opinion of your products or services are going to be a customer. And that's okay. I want you to be okay with that. I, I don't want you to feel upset or jaded and like, oh, they are so opinionated. Oh, they they were telling me all these things about what I what I should and shouldn't do, and they're not even interested in being a customer. Like that's just how people are. Don't don't trip about it. Don't get upset about it. That's just what what it is. I know I'm going to be talking a lot bit more about just being okay with people as as a business owner in future podcasts. But if there's a specific issue that you want me to talk about, shoot me a message at hello at denisegelee.com. Again, that's hello at denisegelee.com. I like to talk about it further with you because I I feel like there's a lot of people who... um, give up so easily um, upon the first or second or perhaps more than three rejections from someone. And you have to understand like people are very preoccupied with their own world and their own issues and things to do. Like it's not personal. It's just, it's just, it is what it is. Don't, don't, don't take it personal. So, all right, now let's move on and talk about another facet of offer creation is promote and educate. Okay. Promote and educate. That is definitely something that I, in the past, and and maybe to some extent today, (laughs) uh, I'm guilty of not spending way enough time with that. And so let's, let's, uh, take a step back and think about it from another vantage point. So for the longest time, you know, I had some really bad allergies Especially during the spring, hay, um, you know, hay fever and just runny eyes and you know all sorts of stuff. And I remember somebody was telling me, "Boy, it would really help if you you know you know breathed in some essential oils or some type of aromatherapy." And I just remember not really believing them or just really feeling skeptical about that. Cause like, what do you mean? Why do I, you know, I'm already having breathing problems. Why do I need to breathe anything else? You know, I should just take a medicine. Like I should take Benadryl. I should take, you know, a, um, you know, a, a something like that. You know, I don't need to, you know, breathe in stuff that seemed a little too woo woo for me, you know, like, and, and, and so I, I want to explain that. It took a lot of research on my end to kind of understand like the health benefits of breathing in essential oils. It was safer. It was natural than taking in pills. There was definitely a different family of uh, um, of of oils, like for example, peppermint and eucalyptus and cinnamon oil that can really open up the nasal practice and just relax, you know, um, the, the, the nostrils and all the areas that can get inflamed. And so what I'm trying to explain to you is that you might have a really great solution that can really help people, right? 
But because they aren't educated, because they lack knowledge, but because you don't really explain in a way that they understand, they're hesitant, they're skeptical. I think about um, another product, it, it, and I was very skeptical, skeptical <laughs> about um, this too. It was basically these thermo cups, right? It was it was cups that were designed to keep food hot all day long, right? You may have seen them at you know Bed Bath and Beyond or one of those other places where um, you you put your food in. It was supposed to keep your food hot all day, and I was really skeptical about that because I've thought I tried stuff that had like a screw top and it would keep it supposedly was keep it warm but it only kept it warm for two hours tops and then I had to learn about vacuum sealed technology and how it worked and it was it had to be aluminum and it had to have these certain properties blah 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 but you know and then you know through actually witnessing other people do it my resistance lowered and I'm a big fan of that I've got tons of, you know, um, vacuum sealed uh, containers for food that I use, especially as, as well as some hot liquids too. The point I'm trying to make is that I had to be educated. I had to be informed. I had to watch others. I had to see it in action before like I dropped the guard, I start, stop being as skeptical and I actually bought it for myself. And I bet you, you see what I'm explaining? Like I bet you your ideal customer is that same way. Like they have heard so many people say, yeah, this works or yeah, that works, but they don't want to believe it because they don't, they haven't seen an action. They don't see how it can benefit them. They don't see how things could be used for their particular, you know, purposes. And so promote, educate, promote, educate, promote your stuff over and over again. Cause think about this, like the average consumer has been exposed before they go from, you know, prospect to actual customer, they have to see at least 20 to 30 times. And obviously part of it is not just just the re- repeat exposure, but it's the repeat education, it's the repeat information before they make that 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 leap and say, okay, like I really trust you, I really trust this, this product, I really understand that it's going to help me. And you know, if it's a cheap stuff, like if you're selling something cheap, like fifty dollars or below, right? Of course, there's not going to be that resistance. But you know, if you're hundreds and dollars and above, they they need to have some type of proof or some type of thing, especially. If you know they've never heard of you, right? There's no social proof of you. So if you have to do demos, if you have to give free sample giveaways, if you have to do like webinars, like over and over and over, just to build up that trust, build up that awareness, like that's what you have to do. Because I can't emphasize this enough that no one's just going to show up and buy your stuff just because you arrived. Doesn't matter even if you feel like what you're what you have to offer is game changing, what you have to offer is revolutionary, like it doesn't work that way. So, you know, one of the things that I've 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 seen other people do, and I think that you might want to do that, is you know, hop on other people's shows, like hop on other people's like um, you know, podcasts or join them on like a LinkedIn live or join them on somebody else and promote your stuff. Talk about it. Talk about the benefits. There's so many people who are looking for podcast guests or YouTube guests or, or even in Instagram live, like so many, there's so many influencers and people who actually 
make their living by um, educating their audience about new projects or services that relate to their expertise. Like, get on you know Instagram and start searching for people who who specifically are looking for product testing, uh, food products or, or or gym gadgets or wh- whatever you're doing. Like, or get on you know a podcast and talk about like the importance of fill in the blank that you offer. Right. Promote, promote, promote. Educate, educate, educate. Is this this is this this is something that you will have to be doing for the for your throughout your business. So as long as you keep you know explaining and educating and telling, it is only a matter of time before you um, invite the right people into your world. The right people will come into your world because they can see the inherent value because you took the time to educate and because you took the time, hopefully you're going to be answering questions along the way and be as transparent as possible. One of the things that I personally, I love to do, I prefer to do this is like if somebody asks me a question on LinkedIn on a post that I made, like, and, and I was like, can you explain this further? And I write it right on the post so that everybody else can see it. Because I believe that, you know, obviously we want to not just help people, but we want um, the people who ask the question, but we want to help anybody else. There's lots of people who are afraid of asking questions because um, they're afraid of looking dumb or whatever. So if you can actually just, you know, let them know. And sometimes you can literally make a post on your social media and say, hey, I've got a common question about, you know, this product product feature or this service feature. Let me take a moment to explain how that works. And like literally you can make a post, you can make a video, you can make an infographic and just kind of go into details and explain that. Because a lot of people, they don't want to feel stupid. They don't want to feel embarrassed. But if you kind of just go into their brains and think about if they were looking for something that you had to offer, what would you say? And literally just say it. Make the content to help someone understand exactly what you have to offer. Okay, now let's talk about um, making your solution bite-sized first. This is definitely something that I wish that somebody told me too, is I think about one of my first programs that I created was uh, Cash, Confidence, and Clarity. It's on my website, denisegelee.com. And it's kind of like a one of my intermediate programs where uh, it talks about, you know, filling up literally confidence, building up your confidence, getting clarity, literally, and, and then lastly, cash, you know, making your offers and, you know, how to, you know, make a sell in a way that's persuasive, right? I, I've done that. I've made that program available. But if I had to take a step back, I wish I made, I would have created Amazing Attitude first. And so let me explain what that is. Amazing Attitude is kind of like a bite-sized version of confidence, clarity, and cash, which is literally about building up your confidence, feeling charged, feeling encouraged, feeling motivated, and going out on sale, right? I realize that certain people are looking for certain solutions first before they want to dive in and get more information. That that confidence, clarity, cash thing that I created that was more of like an on all all inclusive run in you know run and just make some offers, right? But the the amazing attitude is maybe for someone who already has offers, but they just want to feel more encouraged, right? So what I'm trying to say is that you need to. Before you roll out the big enchilada, right, sometimes it's better to actually make that bite-sized solution, test the market, 
See how the people react to it before you launch out with anything bigger and bolder. Because for for a lot of us, like once we get a lot of feedback from just the smaller little bite-sized programs, we can retool and refine it and actually make that bigger rather than having to go back to the drawing board and constantly re-examine bigger parts of the program and maybe having to splice certain things out and whatnot. I don't want you to waste your time, especially as a new entrepreneur, especially um, if you have been in business for a while and you've just been putting out offers and offers and offers and you're not wondering why and you're wondering why people are not like making the purchases. Perhaps it's just maybe too robust for what they need. But if you make, um, you know, a lot of different offers that that are really small by size, then you can really retool and refine and then expand. That's just my opinion. That's what I've seen from my other clients that, that have worked as they smart, start small and then expand out rather than trying to make a big program and then retracting back. Okay, now let's talk about um, the idea of payment and not payment, the idea of um, your container, like how you want to do it, and then obviously the payment too. Sorry, let me let me let me preface that too because those are those are related to. I use a course creator program, right, um, where people can log in and access the material at you know they don't need my permission or whatever other than just their initial user, but upon purchase they automatically can set that up, whatever. And they also uh, have pro- payment issue, payment processing services. But what you need to think about about your offers, how are you going to collect your payment? How are you going to collect your payment? Are you going to use PayPal? Are you going to Stripe? Are you going to use a course creator that automatically has that built in? Like uh, The three major course creating programs out there are Teachable, Thinkific, and Kajabi. There is also another one, um, which I'm forgetting right now. Oh, Katra, Kartra. That's another one, Kartra. And they all do some really robust things. And for some of you guys, like, you know, if you don't have a big audience or whatever, there's starter packs so they can start with that. But the point about it is, is that sometimes like it's just better to invest on in these kind of course creation programs. And so that everything is centralized, you have a content library so that you can easily shift and add certain things as you get more information. And obviously, there's an easy form where you can collect payment. That's really part of your payment uh, payment course creation system. And uh, and some some of them, actually a lot of them, all, also include the sales page and education pages and all this other stuff that uh, can be included. Again, if you want more information about it, you can reach me at hello at denisegeely.com. We can talk further about it. But um, that's something else I, I, I felt like I wish somebody told me that it's not just so much like they pay for the course on PayPal and you email them a PDF. Sometimes they need a little bit more support. Sometimes they need access to videos. And instead of having like a video that's on private on YouTube and then emailing a PDF and then um, what else? Like or emailing them other resources, like they can have access through your course curriculum. I also know some people um, who also... uh, upload their courses through uh, Fiverr, 
you create courses on Fiverr. I don't know too much about it, but I know that you can do it that way. Just saying, um, I don't know too much about it. But the point I'm trying to make is that, you know, as you create your offers, you also have a, you need to think about where to store your offers. I've seen some people, what they've done is they've uploaded all their course material in a Google Drive folder. And then upon purchasing, they gave people access to the folder, (laughs) you know, uh, for that. And I, I think that's a little cheap and a little cheesy. That's just me, but I mean, hey, you know, whatever works, you know, if you're beginning, you know, your business and you're maybe kind of strapped for cash, I mean, that's another way of doing it, but to each his own. The point I'm trying to make here is that you got to just think about, you know, as you grow your business and as you want to have more and more customers come into your world, like what's the best way, best and fastest and easiest way for them to access the material that they paid for, so... I, there is definitely much more I can talk about. If there's definitely something else that you want me to talk about in detail, let me know. Hello at denisegeely.com. But I think that's it. So I'm. let me give some takeaways for you so that we know that um, we have a good, solid game plan about creating offers. So obviously, number one is we create offers that are based on the top three things that we love, we're passionate about, we're interested in. Uh, number two, we're we're listening and we're getting feedback from our audience. We may ask them questions. We um, do surveys, we polls, but we try to get as much information from people who are most likely to become customers. Uh, number three, we promote and we educate. Um, we we go on people's shows if necessary, and we ask and we and we tell people about who we are and what makes us different. Don't assume that just because they heard it once or twice that they're going to be those soul. Not necessarily. Sometimes you have to show up multiple times in different places before people really feel like they want to be engaged. Um, and four, we offer bite-sized solutions uh, at first. We don't have to whip out the whole enchilada. We may find out that. Our audience want maybe one part of it, not necessarily the whole solution. And lastly, we have to think about a container as to how we want to deliver our content. Do we want to buy a course uh, uh, program? Like, how do we? How and also, how do we want to collect our payments? Like, that's definitely something that we need to have um, nailed down before we even unleash it out to the world. So. That is it. Thank you so much for listening. I so enjoyed this time with one another. I hope you did too. So. Connect with me on LinkedIn. I that's my home. That's really where I am. I'm prom- and I post uh, advice on different issues, mindset, creating content, and everything in between. So check me out there, and uh, hit the connect button. Or if you don't want to hit the connect button, hit the follow button, so that we can uh, stay in touch with another. And if you do want to hit the connect button, let me know you came from the podcast. So because um, I'm really selective about the people who come in my world. I just want to make sure that the people in my world are really quality. And I know you probably are. This is not for you. This is just, this, this is just for somebody else, you know, <laughs> uh, who may be suspect. But that, <laughs> All right. That's it. Thank you so much for listening. Take care and be awesome.